Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin, well known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking to Dean, otherwise known as that F King guy. Hey, Dean, Hello. thanks for speaking with me today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. And out of interest, is that F King guy because his surname is Guy? <laughs> there you go. My nom de plume. Yeah, I've had that for a couple of years now. I try to stay anonymous on the internet, so it's it's changed about a bit over the years, and I like it. This is the best incarnation of me so far. Right, so so that's a uh, that's a that's a, a secret name, then that's not your real name. I'm guessing it's yeah. No, I mean uh, I try to keep the real name off there. It's I know the way the internet works um, in yeah. terms of companies can look you up online nowadays, and it's like part of the job process job screening process so if they go look online and try and find my name on there it doesn't exist whatsoever which i'm i'm yep. happy with i don't mention their names so i don't get in trouble if i mention them on my my, my daily blog which i've been doing quite a bit recently i don't mention where i work better my name can't get in trouble for it well, they've not noticed mine because i've said something nasty about them uh recently <laughs> They, they promised us a yeah. bonus at the end of next year, end of last year, and we still haven't had it. So I've, I've been working at a place the first time, full time for like last four years. I've been working part time, went to full time, and it's just been a nightmare job. I've just been slating it online for the last two months, and no one's said anything. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm safe on that one. But that's, that's a good way to. It's one of the bonuses of being uh, anonymous on the internet. Other people use it to hide behind screen names and so on, but yeah, it, it can be a positive thing if if you're not, you know, not trolling so people. This this won't be going out as video, so there we go. <laughs> Audio only for this one. So, I mean, we we know each other from the internet from both Instagram and Twitter because um, hmm. we, we follow each other on both. Uh, but also, I mean, I love. Um, I love your artwork. I love the blogs that you put out. And, you know, the, uh, here we go, totalcultzone.com for everybody listening. That's such a cool site. Uh, But also, I mean, as a podcast person who loves podcast, the the show that you do, Death Is Not The End, that is such a great idea where it's basically people pick songs that soundtrack their lives, essentially. Mm. yeah it's uh as i was saying before recording actually it's like an evolution of the show i was doing before that which was a, a lockdown podcast because everyone started wondering the lockdown just friends getting together and we did quizzes originally it was supposed to be an interview show with people it just turned into yeah, we're gonna do quizzes with mates every week and slowly over the course of a year, it changed and evolved because people dropped out and were busy and met people online. Like internet friendships 
podcast community you meet people through that they come on do stuff the show evolves and gets to the point where i'm not none of the people i started the podcast with are doing the show anymore so i did it on my own i had to think of a concept of doing it on my own so it was uh the end of the world which is a theme in all of my stuff the world ends and everyone had to uh well the people the guests on the show would survive it somehow i have to write a little story of how they survived it they had to choose six things to go with them on a spaceship and they go off and represent the human race elsewhere and then do a quiz afterwards and that slowly evolved over two seasons where people would come back on i'd do new stories with their characters in the ships that they were sent off into the universe with uh yeah that evolved into the world actually ending on the podcast and me doing an audio drama yeah where everyone was dead and i was made into a god <laughs> so yeah we've gone from wacky quiz show where we did jokes about well our entire quiz about chris tucker one week to the end of the world and then the actual end of the world and an audio drama and during that i was doing a three episodes of the audio drama then next week would be inviting a guest on to do death is not the end before that yep. was actually the podcast name and i think a few weeks into doing that i realized i had something a bit special and a, a lot different to what i was doing and yeah the audio drama kind of fell by the way because the person i was working with on that busy life so it's an entirely different beast to do an audio drama a lot more work involved with it yep. so that's going to be finished off at some point down the line but i thought okay i'll do the death is not the end but i can't really have the stories being told on that on the same feed as a quiz about chris tucker and loads of other nonsense so i just uh nuked that whole feed and start again with uh this one put up the three episodes i did with the show on the previous one did the show myself with a guest host interviewing me and then started pretty much doing it is now. I think mean, we're up to eight episodes now. Yep. It's a lot different to what I used to do. And I get messages pretty much every time uh, cursing me out for making them feel feelings they didn't know they had. <laughs> so as, as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a musician, you might not see it. guitars, guitars behind me and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that's going to attract me initially anyway. So what would you say is your earliest musical memory? Yeah, I saw this sent me through the topics and the questions. And this one I had to think about. Um, it was sitting around a stereo with my brother and sister while my dad played his 45 records. And he'll be giving to this them to us if we guess the song correctly that was the first musical memory i could think of and a little fun games but also an insight into my family dynamic of constantly being in competition with each other and always needing to be the best and that's kind of stuck with my family for the throughout the years it's always like competition between everybody in my family to be the best and i'm like i don't really care but while doing that it was like a moment where I'm essentially getting everything wrong and don't know anything because I'm like five or six years old. And then it's like one song I really liked. I was desperate to get it, but my dad wouldn't give it to me because he's like, oh, he didn't get it right. But, but it, I'm just sort of blabbering and almost in tears at this point. So I really want this one song. 
And it's like, no, you didn't get it right. And just him laughing, my brother and sister laughing. And I'm just like, yeah, this, this is like a really traumatic memory. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's my earliest musical memory. Um, I did have to look up the song just now before coming on. And it's, uh, it's I Gotta See Jane by R. Dean Taylor. Ooh, wow, which, that's, a, that's a deep dive. Yeah, I don't know why I liked it. I listened to it, and it's apparently emotional, emotional pop music or something they called it back then. Um, it's like the most famous hit is in Indiana Wants Me, which is a similar kind of thing. True. Yep. Yeah. But years later, I uh, met my partner. I've been with like 16, 17 years now. And she's called Jane. So a little bit of serendipitous thing in their life. It's great. Yeah. So. What would you say is the importance of, well, I mean, I've put the importance of music, but <laughs> art of any of any kind, really? I think the story right there is important of it, because I Absolutely. did not remember yeah. that at all. So he asked me the question, I had to think about it, and I thought, I don't remember anything around that time at all. Like, I don't remember what I did before, I don't remember what happened afterwards. can't remember what house we were living in, but I remember that one moment, and it's... um. Emotional torture by family members. Yeah, that's always good to remember. <laughs> but that's it. It, um, it could be used to anchor yourself to certain times uh, directly like that. So that one piece of music is always going to be anchored to that one moment. It's a bit of music I don't remember that. Or I don't listen to that often, so it doesn't really come back to me. But yeah, you can associate it that way. Uh, the importance of it is music, which you can retrofit around that, which just remind you of a certain time. Yeah. So it's like it's memories always hooked to something like uh, maybe a movie. You remember what it was doing when you watched the movie, or, or a TV show kind of thing. It's it's not as because you've got to be sitting down to watch a bit of a TV a TV show or a movie with music. You can be out in the street and it starts playing in the background, or you appear as a car's passing. You like, oh, I remember that song, and it brings you back to a certain time. But it's always important to bring back those memories and sort of fix yourself at a certain point. And someone who has like memory problems because of the amount of concussions I've had over the years, it's quite good to have those kind of trigger points. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're you're right. You know, there's certain things about that and about television and art and film where they will take you mm. back to to moments, like you said. I mean, uh, there's some harrowing moments in my past that I can think of that <laughs> it's, it's sort of like you don't really want to, but... It, yeah. It's it, it's essentially it's always, a part it's of bad, you. It's not always the bad moments, it's the good moments as well. Yeah. I like the good moments. I like, you know, the songs that that remind me of my relationship with, with Louise and you know of, of stages mm. in that and whatever you know like songs you know like you know i mean down the side i've got yeah. actually a list there and that top one there the marillion song that's actually from when we first mm. started going out and it was quite important to us both back then it sort of like linked us in a way because it was a song that she loved which was a bit is a bit weird really because she's not normally a rock or progressive rock type of person but that song just touched air back then, and, and I'm obviously a fan of Marillion because I, I love progressive rock. Mm. Well, that's it. It's with the show. It's um, people come with a life story, and I, I said, like, score it and have a 
it's not the only option with the show, but most people go with a movie option. It scores part of your life. And I think everyone sort of chooses the beginning and end. And there's a bit where it goes up and down. So there's a down point, but there's always the happy point there where it's like the one song that reminds them of meeting their partner. Generally, that's the one moment everyone sort of has the big uplifting moment so far. Which, yeah, it's, yeah. But the music they choose isn't always stuff that, like I say, you can retrofit a song around it. I have a guest on who they chose a song they didn't actually like, but it okay. just it fit the moment. It would work for a movie. That's the other option because it's a movie score. So it doesn't always have to be songs that played at the time. It's just a song they listen to if they hear it now, which I don't think they listen to it that often. I wouldn't hear it that often. It's a more historical society. Some track off one of their albums, which you probably never hear in your life. Right. But they, they heard it and it's just reminded them of one moment in their life. I mean, there's certain, yeah. Do you mean? I didn't think I was going to be opening up like this. Um, so, I mean, you know, any, anyone ever mentions Live Aid to me, for instance, uh, as incredible an experience as that probably was to most people, to me, I missed the majority of it because I was away at a school where certain things were done to kids. So, I'd actually gone out, so we were allowed to go into town, into the town where, where it was near. So yeah. I purposely, any chance I got, I'd go out into town to get away from that situation. So I missed the majority of Live Aid. And Live Aid and any songs from it remind me of that time. And it's something I don't really want to remember, really. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's what I found with the show. It's... Um... Some people come on and uh, I think the current thing is because uh, most of the people coming on are friends and there is a thing of uh, everyone's come on so far has started crying and like getting really emotional. It's like, oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. But they always end up crying. And it's just that the power of the music and actually telling the story with it, it kind of gets them that. Yeah, it's just too much sometimes. But then films as well, you know, you can remember things like films like, you know, I remember uh, it's, it's a dreadful film. I, I remember seeing uh, the the old Pete's Dragon with my dad, because at that point they were both, you know, they were in de- separate marriages, both my dad and my mum, you know, they separated and divorced. So it was one of those rare moments that I actually got to go out with my dad somewhere. So that's why that film holds a place for me even though it's not that good a film. <laughs> yeah, it's the memory behind it and the meaning behind it. It's like you can like certain things and they have a meaning to it and it's like, oh, that's not very good. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, like terrible songs, like the one I mentioned earlier, it's like, yeah, it remind you of a certain thing. No, I love it. Something I bet, you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet Sean from Review It Yourself is cursing me that I put Star Trek in on his feed. Who's on about Star Trek musicals? Yeah, that's a great song. Used to love that, but now you oh Jesus, that's, that's so bad. <laughs> yes. Did so, the firm do something else after that as well? Yeah, I can't remember what else. What was after that? You know, mm. you know, I'm gonna. It's gonna be bugging me now. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna put that down as a note now. 
uh, Star Trek by the firm. But then the problem is there. You've got the firm. And before them, there was a band called The Firm that had um, uh, Paul Rogers from Free and Jimmy, no, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. There was a band called The Firm with them in, which is completely different. I'm, I'm guessing they're a bit different and better. I'd hope they would be anyway. You'd hope so with that sort of pedigree, wouldn't you? Maybe not as an insane video, but... I think there's a couple of members of Mott the Hoople in there as well. I'm not sure. Can't remember the lineup now. So what was your introduction to podcasts? I'm going to be the old man here and say, I remember a time when they were just called internet radio shows. Yep. It was that yep. point of you download them off the sites that the people have put them up on themselves, or they would be radio shows or they clipped out the music and just put them on there. So it's American radio shows, which... Um, those two shock radio DJs I had for a while. Um, yes, Woody, those ones. Do you know which ones I'm talking about? He doesn't know either. Uh, but yeah, those like they clipped out the music and they put those clips online, and people were like selling them on CDs or putting the clips up online. You to download them for listening, and yeah, there was stuff like that. Uh, when. I think there's a sound I always associate with um, early podcasts. I call it the blog, blog talk radio sound. Yep. It's like, like really compressed digital sound, uh, broadband and stuff didn't exist back then. And the whole bandwidth was in short supply. So anytime I hear that kind of stuff, I'm like, it's just blog talk radio. Like some people put up podcasts, like early episodes, it will be really distorted and terrible audio. It's like, yeah, it's like a blog talk radio one. But yeah, after that, it was a... Uh, and Kevin Smith and his podcast stuff. I had some wrestling podcasts to listen to back then as well. Yeah. But his stuff was like the main stuff I got into. A uh, big fan of his at that point. Um, all right. I'm, I'm still wearing a Tell Him Steve Day t-shirt, which was like the second show on that network. It's going to go great for people who are listening. <laughs> but yeah, I still listen to that show. So um, yeah, that was 2007, that one come out. I was listening to them for years before that. And it was just... Random things you find online. Yeah, I think Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sound of his voice. behind you. I think I started in 2008 listening. Yeah, that's when they kind of really kicked off. Because I was looking into the stuff now, just a couple of minutes ago, and like blog talk radio still exists. I'm amazed at. Um, wow. That launched in 2006, and podcasts were out before that, 2004, 2003. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 2003. Yeah, but trying to figure out which was the first one I listened to, I'm not sure. But yeah, after that, everything opened up, really. And they started doing um, dedicated service for everybody to do their own shows. And I started in 2013, which was, I think, the first wave of like all the indie podcasts. Where it's kind of the general public could do. Grab a mic, talking to, a, talking to that for like an hour and post it online. Yeah. Come on. Usually, usually we're very little editing. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things I think I got into quite early on in terms of uh, production shows. Yeah, because like cutting out cats meowing all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped doing it recently because yeah, like 
big traumatic event recently. I'm not, I'm not going to cut the cat out of anything anymore. It's not a podcast without a cat or a dog in the background. That's true. That's true. Even, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you saw it, but that group chat that we had on Thursday night uh, mm. about AI, uh, Max from Bitches with Beards, he had his dog there with him. And, of course, his dog doesn't know what's going on because his dog is deaf as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, the person I was doing the show with at the time had like a dog though that would like completely disrupt the editing uh, process all the time, like recording stuff. So that would always have to be cut out because it would be like five minutes of just random barking and stuff. It's like, okay, no one needs to hear that. If it's like doing stuff in the background, like scratching or you know, running around the place, it's fine. But learning to edit was one of the first things I did. So, yeah, I've got audacity, learn how to use that. I cut my shows to absolute hell and took ages editing shows. Probably didn't need to, but I used to. I don't do that as much now. <laughs> yeah, thankfully with this show I've got now because of the musical part of it. When people talk, there's always when they actually do stop talking. It's for a reason. Yep. Or it's like an emotional thing. It's like people telling a story is different to say someone reviewing a film they saw or a tv show they saw so yeah the editing process now is a lot easier but yeah i used to cut my shows to absolute shreds and then put them back together again i used to cut like middle of words so i didn't have my slurring on it which i don't do that much these days because of the lack of drinking right bonuses bonuses <laughs> i mean you're right. You know, I've, I've always said that my first podcast that I listened to was either one or the other of, you know, uh, uh, Film Sack or Punky Radio. But I actually think I was listening before then, to be honest. But you're right. I don't remember what it was I was listening to. Quite often it'd be something on the one of the... Um, when I get the chance, I do like to actually listen to some of the, some of the biographies that the Beeb do mm. when they've done because uh, I know they did a really good one on um, on uh, craft work that I really enjoyed uh, and um, surprisingly I found one on there about Yellow Magic Orchestra as well which I was absolutely shocked that anyone had done a biography about them yeah I mean Over, overlooked band I mean if you look at the history of like radio in general there's all these little shows they used to do like that where it's like biographies and uh audio dramas they are all posted online now and they're just pretty much all podcasts aren't they and back then you could sort of pick them up on certain sites copyright laws not enforced as badly as they are nowadays you found a site where it's like we've got all these audio dramas from the, the old bbc radio they just dump them on the site do a mass download in the win uh yeah win app uh win zip file listen to them on your real player or upload them onto whatever MP3 player you've got. But yeah, all that stuff. It's... But it's, it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the word podcast developed from the, or was it the other way around, the iPod or something, and then something that you listen to on an iPod podcast or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure where the name comes from, actually. Well, reading up on it just now, yeah, I was amazed. I thought it was that as well, but apparently it predates the pod, um, 
the iPod. So yeah, it comes from something else somewhere. But it's one of those that always be disputed, really. But yeah, they're just going to call them podcasts and not internet radio, which apparently is a different thing these days. Which yes. I might be getting into at some point down the line. So yeah, new projects. But but um, yeah, the, the meanings of of you know phrases change over time, don't they? It's like you know R and B as it is now musically isn't R and B as it was in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, 50s. I've always confused by that one. I always get confused about that. <laughs> Rhythm and blues, people. Rhythm and blues. <laughs> and what you call R and B now is a version of soul. Mm. So you, you've given show history as well. So and and you've you've got a structure to to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say the idea is everyone's dead. They come on the show and have a few options. Um. The options they well they ideally like to spend the rest of their post life existence pretty much, uh, but I'll talk about the religious upbringing, uh, how they were raised. Most people have come on and said they were raised in some form of religion, and then just lost it quite early on. So I ask about how they got that jaded and broken, and then after the theological chat we get to the gimmick of the show which is um they can try to get into the good place by pitching their life story as a movie they can stay out of the bad place by defending their sins that's quote marks sins as in yep. seven deadly um or apply to be a god of their own and make up their own personal commandments um each decision is then accompanied by a score of popular music that the guest has chosen the movie one is the most obvious one for that so it each track comes with a memory or a moment a part of it and a part of the story. Um, obviously, as, as a movie pitch, that makes sense. The Sins one makes less sense, but it was a good gimmick to go with the music, so I thought I'd work it in there. It's mostly about Seven Deadly Sins, and they base the music around the Sins. So a song about greed, a song about lust, the favourite right. ones about that. And then um, the last option is the fun option, I like to call it, because it's... Um, I realise the first options are quite uh, confessional and personal and not everyone wants to share personal stories on the internet with random strangers or an old podcast host. But I still like to come, let them come on, chat about religion a little and then go over what they would see as an ideal world. And that's more fun. And the music involved in that is just whatever they like, really. But yeah, so the Evolution Show just come, like I said, was uh, like the older shows. Um, the first series of it was just stupid fun third and fourth the end of the world fifth one audio drama and then this one it just evolved from all of that well, the evol evolution of the show I mean I I'm mm. sort of getting the impression that it will continue to do that because it's the evolution of the show that's keeping you um, sort of involved in it in a way or keeping your interest in a sense you're evolving it to as you evolve as a person in yourself the show is evolving around you essentially hmm. yeah i mean my my brain works like that because i don't like i say i do the artwork i do writing and i bounce between everything i get bored very easily so when it comes to doing shows it's what works for me at the time 
and yeah, he has evolved from that, and he gets. I say this is the, the the biggest change in two three years. Whether it evolved beyond that, I'm not sure. Where I'll just keep doing this and other projects on the side. But so I've got other plans for other things. I do another podcast occasionally called uh, Podcasting is Fun, which is oh, it was a response to one of those people online getting very uh, snotty about like podcasts in general. It's like, oh, you need to have this, you need to have that, and the show needs to have this much editing. And I don't see it that way. No. I see podcasting as anyone can do it. And if you want to do it, you should be able to do it. Just go for it. You know, not every show is going to be for everybody. There's like how many? There's two million podcasts in the world. Can is <laughs> so yeah. It's uh, podcasting is fun. Is uh, I think someone was saying it needs a show needs so many hours a week put into it. And I said like, no, a podcast can be done within an hour. Yeah. So from start to finish, the show took an hour. There was no editing. Aside from adding a bit of music in, yep. uh, the show notes, the show art involved was a uh, fifteen minutes worth work, and the show itself was forty-five minutes, and it took an hour to produce a week. Yep. And yeah, I want to bring that one back um, as a show some point in time because it's just bringing people on to work podcast for oh, how they got into it, what they do. It's a bit like this one, but just completely free form and what people think a podcast should be. It can be just like what they're, how they, it can be what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much just, um, I'd say just having fun with a show. I, th- I think, you know, there's just as much relevance with uh, a show like, um, you know, out of the blank where Robbie just, like you said, same, same as yourself with that one. He just, he just there. He just chats with somebody for so long, and I mean, he re- he records loads. He's done over a thousand episodes in a few years because he puts an episode out a day. He talks with people that much, so he'll block book and he'll sit at home and record with about five or six episodes in one d- in one day off, or and then so he's got two days off and he'll just record them and he's book. So he just does the same. He just does, you know, he's got the show, pops the music at the beginning, music at the end. It's out there. And I mm. think that's just as relevant as something like, you know, the great audio drama Bright Sessions, which is produced, written, you know, to exacting measures, you know, because you know, I mean, I mean, she's she's an industry writer now, Lauren Shippen. But you, you know, it's just like I said, it's just as relevant that is to that. I mean, the, but the so extreme different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, it's it's just the the guest you get on. It could just be like the Joe Rogan podcast, where he just he's a guy talking for three hours with someone who he got in. I don't know what the, they got planned. <laughs> I got something to plug. They plug that and then they talk about uh, taking DMT or some sort of thing. I'm, I'm not sure what he does anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just talks to someone for three hours and that's the show. So yeah, someone random from Skegness, pick up a microphone, plug it into his laptop and talking to his mate who lives in uh, somewhere in Australia who he met online some point in time through some chat room. They've been chatting for years. They're good mates and they talk absolute crap for an hour, put it online 
someone's going to enjoy it. If he, and no one enjoys it listening wise, they're enjoying doing it. And that's the main bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I mean, there's, there's the argument there as well. You know, what are you after when you do a podcast? You, you have to, you go into a show for yourself initially. And you hope that there are people like you out there that are going to listen to your show and be interested in it and get back to you. So even if you only get as, as much, you know, you know how people say, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't care about them. We still look at them. But <laughs> if, if I've got a steady, you know, 15, 20 people listening to the show and subscribe to it and they listen to every episode, that's those people that didn't have that beforehand. Mm. I mean, one of the guys who talk to all the time in the podcast community, he says, like, people in a room listening to you talk. And that's a lot of musical artists when they're on their journey to becoming a big artist is essentially playing to that many people. And a lot of musical artists will go out there and they'll be performing to their the other bands and the band's girlfriends. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's if you've got, like, 30 downloads, great, those 30 people are enjoying your show. Yeah. I've played gigs like that. Um, <laughs> I've been one of the friends in the crowd supporting them. <laughs> oh, dear me. If only you came to our gigs back in the day. <laughs> so what sort of research do you do then leading up to the show? Oh, Because it is all about the guests and learning about them. That's why I always credit the guests as being the story and the, they're the show. I'm kind of just there asking a few questions and uh, doing a funny quote marks again intro. But yeah, it's um, very much a case of, I did ask a friend on recently who I've not done the show with before. He didn't know what it was about. I gave him the list of things. He's like, yeah, you're asking a lot there. But he did it in the end and he enjoyed it. And it's, so I say the show is, that's his show. That's him representing, uh, presenting his life. Everyone that comes on is presenting their life. So research-wise, there's nothing really on this one. I mean, um, it takes a couple of minutes to write stuff out, a couple of minutes to download the music, and you just sit there and talk to them about what they've, they've been through. If they've got like a emotional story to let them talk, let them have time to breathe, not judging anybody, and like almost like a therapy session. They can yeah. sort of talk about stuff if they want to. If they think they're going too far, you're just going to leave them to it and they'll change course if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's probably yeah. a bit more work involved in the, the when they go for the God application one. But again, that's the fun one. So I don't mind that one. So well, it's it's work a bit for them, isn't it? Mm. Really? Um, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot different to what I used to do with the. Um, I used to do a show called Are You a Dead? Which was a. It's a quiz show about dead celebrities and it'll be, I think three rounds and a bunch of questions in each round and all the questions you'd have to figure out and then you'd have to make up because it was a multiple choice. You have to make up answers to each question, which also needed to make credible or be feasible to be an actual answer. So it actually created a challenge yep. and that would take close to two days to write. Wow. I'm glad I'm not doing any more. <laughs> wow. It also involve an absolute ton of editing. I did one Christmas 
a New Year's special, I think it was, with uh, eight contestants and a whole bunch of questions, and it, it took ages to write and edit. And yeah, I think I'm going to do another show eventually, exactly like that, but maybe make it a little bit less. Because <laughs> you'd have to go through all the uh, celebrities, figure out when they died, write a bit about them. Because it was um, not mocking dead people, it's kind of celebrating the life, like celebrities you didn't know about minor celebrities who've been in films which is like that's amazing you know you mock the ones that are like serial killers and bad people but yeah it's like a tribute to celebrities you didn't know about but yeah learning about them really interesting stuff but hell of a lot of work yeah speaking of editing did did you notice on the 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 clip from tomorrow's show that um i've got an edit an editing job there because all of the guests were all in the same room on different microphones. So I've got bleed through of other people talking on these microphones and I'm trying to edit it so that, you know, you don't get bleed through from somebody else because it causes phasing. Yeah. I used to record in the same room as someone and yeah, it doesn't really work as well when you do it. Um, Like on Skype, and uh, it's got the same feed, uh, same feed. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's awkward. Um, yeah, I think the remote podcasting recordings are so much easier because it's always on two channels. Being in the same room is great because you get a better reaction off someone. But then if you have to cut something out or edit around, especially back then, I was, um, I slurred quite a bit. Yeah. I would always feel self conscious about that. So I'd try and cut them out. But then at the same time, I was also, drinking a lot during it with the person so there was a lot of slurring there as well <laughs> absolute mess but yeah it's a lot it's a better chemistry if you're in the room with people so if they're all in the room doing the podcast it's probably an amazing kind of atmosphere it definitely adds to it but yeah editing wise nightmare well it teaches me a lesson because i know now that if ever i do it live in person with someone I'm going to make sure that the microphone has baffle at the back mm. so that then I don't get any anyone else's feed, basically, or voice through onto that microphone. It just gets each individual person's microphone then. So mm. it's, it's a lesson learned. Yeah, always learning. Always learning. <laughs> so how do you actually decide the guest? And um, how do you get hold of them? I mean, do they come to you or do you have to go searching for them? Or is it a mix of both? Podcasters are always up for doing a show. Yeah. Because podcasters want to guest on our podcasts. And then you have friends who do it at the drop of a hat, who I like to... Oh, man, it, it sounds bad because you leave them to the last minute. It's like, yeah, do you want to guest on my podcast? And I go, what happened? I want to guest drop out. Oh, I'm, I'm the last minute choice, am I? It's like, yeah. But those are your friends. They're the ones who will step up to the plate and do a show last minute. And they go, uh, so what's the subject of this? Right, I have to write something for you. I did it a couple of weeks back with someone, and it's like, yeah, what happens? A guest dropped out. Okay, right. When do you need it by? Uh, in two hours. Okay. I was thinking of a rant in, in <laughs> around the last 45 minutes. In two hours. But yeah, it's... Um, mostly podcasters and friends at the moment. The guests I'm having on, which are a bit outside of the podcasting circle, are like older friends. Uh, there's one show I did with uh, Philip Bedwell, who I've known for I think two, 
need two decades now. I haven't spoken to him for a couple of years though. Um, so I'm getting in touch with older friends. I've not spoke to in a bit, catching up with them. Uh, another one next week when we're recording, it'll be next week. It'll be uh, John Atkins, who I've not spoken to in, I think we'd said it was 16 years. Wow. <clears throat> and the previous show, I had someone on who I hadn't spoken in like 21 years. So just get in touch with them. I spoke to him a little bit online, like occasional conversations through comment sections and said, do you want to do my podcast? Chance to catch up. But outside of that, it's, it's just throwing the odd email out there, message out. It's like, do you want to do the show? Occasionally get someone I don't know that well, but mostly it's like podcasters and mates. So I'm hoping oh, to step yeah. outside the that soon because I'm running out of friends. It's only so many people I can kill. Yeah. I mean, I, pull, I pulled a surprise on my younger brother because uh, I, I needed an episode uh, of Pods Like Us. And so, I mean, he doesn't make a podcast or do anything, but he listens to them. And I thought, I need a podcast. I know what I can do. I can somehow or another get him to talk about his own listening or his own, you know, what he, he listens or watches on, on YouTube and those sorts of things. And then build a show out of that. So I started the Zoom chat and he said to me, he says, oh, he goes, it's recording. It's recording. And I said, well, I'm hoping you might say something I can use. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are the shows that probably get you the best ones. That's the best responses. People well, you're not expecting that. people who haven't done yeah. the shows. They always kind of bring the enjoyment because they're new but, and fresh. But none of my family now want to go onto Zoom with me because they think I'm going to just be recording for a show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of my family, as you know, I do a podcast, so I'm okay with that. If they knew, they'd probably start their own podcast and say it was better. There we go. <laughs> they'd be wrong. They would be wrong. Um, so recording and editing, you've, you've sort of touched on that. You know, we're recording and editing so what's the full deal then with with is it just basically like you said record top and tail it with them and put the music in and the bits in here and there and then it goes out or is more to it than that yeah there's a little bit of editing like um cutting out when the conversation at the start of it there's you can cut that bit like trim it up a little bit as uh, occasionally um breaks between songs but yeah, it's very much a case of at the moment, once a song plays and they're talking, it just stays and I just listen to the whole thing through. Um, occasionally, I'll send it over to the person who's on the show and say, like, is that okay? And they'll say, can you say, it's one bit out? I've had it once where it's like just, I mean, it's like, um, it's like one line they said, and I just say that and it'll be fine. But yeah, editing-wise, it is very simple these days. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I say vast different to what it was, especially a lot different to the audio drama. I say that's, yeah, that's a that's a monster of a job. I've had an entire section removed before of a podcast and sent back to me with that section removed. <laughs> was it the good section or was that one? You you couldn't figure out why they wanted it out, or they just I, having a go at someone? They. So they do a show with a celebrity of sort, you know. Mm. So 
so the whole the whole thing was i think he was telling a story about an incident where he was with this this person on a i think on a trip out on a night out should we say mm. and so not that there was anything really you know risque or anything about it or anything nasty or whatever it was just the fact that he just thought there's a certain privacy to this person where he was saying that he he just thought himself that perhaps it was best not to have that in there because it is a behind the scenes and you know out of the public eye sort of thing there's the, you know there's the whole your your celeb here and then your private life's there and there's the whole mm-hmm. Mixing of it, and that's why he did it. it. Was basically he was just saying he just thought it was not right to have that personal encounter between the two and all this personal incident between the two of them put out there. Really, mm. yeah, I can see that. I can see why. Yeah, I think the I think the biggest disappointment I had with the last show was one episode with someone, which it went okay. It was it was a good show, but the interesting conversation happened after the show finished. That was like an hour long conversation about stuff. And it's like, that would have been really good if that went out. I've had that before. I made the show a lot better, but it's, I, I stopped recording at that point. And it was a very like personal thing. And I'm hoping I can get them back on to talk about that stuff eventually. But that's very much what the show is now is people are getting more personal and sort of going to detail about stuff. And it was like that. But yeah, that's like my biggest disappointment about the last show I did. It was like that one episode was like that could have been so much better. Plus, I did do the whole thing of um, I recorded four. Yeah, I think I did four shows that day, and it was the last one of the day. And I was like, I was completely knackered by that point. Could have been the biggest show I did. But I mean, I did that when I first started. I recorded nine in three days. I think nine episodes. So in three yeah, days. It can burn you out a little bit of that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of doing that now at the moment. I'm blockbusting booking episodes while I'm on holiday. So that's what you do. Yeah, that is the one advantage I've had. And one thing I really enjoy about the fact I switched this show to a, a bi-weekly release. Yep. So there's only two shows a month at the moment. And it has given me so much more time to do other stuff. Like doing a show a week is... I know people are like, you need to be regular and do a show a week. And it's like, what gets you out there into the charts? And But I've stopped caring so much about the numbers. It's like you said, you, you oh, we don't care about the numbers, but I check them every day. And I have not checked them for the last three days. No. And like publishing, pushing stuff online, I've kind of done it a little bit when they released and not kept pushing them. The numbers haven't changed. Talking the same downloads, it, it's yep. it's so much more easier mentally. I'm like, yes, yeah, it's, it's great fun to do again. Whereas before, it's like you're doing it week after week, and you feel like you're pushing yourself to get it out there, and the content is not as good as it could have been. But yeah, I'm like letting this the shows go out, relaxing, chill about them. Don't get like the biggest numbers on one episode. It's like, okay, it's fine. And a couple of weeks later, that one starts going up again. People are finding the show again. Like I said, I nuked the feed. I've had a few people get in touch and say, oh, what happened to your show? I'm like, I, I saw it, and I went to the feed, and there was nothing on it. It's like, yeah, I changed the feed. Yeah. So I've actually lost a lot of downloads because people, I don't think they listened to the last show I put out, which I said I was changing. Because I think the short episodes I kind of avoided because I thought they were just me 
waffling for five minutes about I'm taking a break, so they just left it. Didn't listen to the show, and then they didn't realise I completely nuked the feed. Need to go back to doing some waffle episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think all the old shows I'm gonna um so I've got other projects and plans works at the moment where I'm gonna put all the old shows back up online so we can listen to them again. Maybe not the really old shows, but like hundred episodes I've got, I think are good enough to yeah. be listened to again. Not the ones from 2013, though. Well, I mean, 2013 <laughs> was 2013. Yeah, I did. I think I posted one on my Patreon feed as a special. Yep, and it's a show we did uh, called the Stupid People Podcast with a friend who we used to just meet up we did a show beforehand called the highly recommended beer and music show yep. which was a radio show where we actually had music playing it's on a mixed cloud so it's like music was fine to play wasn't yep. caught by any copyright things but we just drink and talk and that's one of those shows where it's like you just sit put a mic down you talk there's very little editing by the end of it was very very drunk but we played some music and we yeah it wasn't it wasn't great one show was four hours long it's possibly the worst thing i've ever put out there but four from hours. that we did the studio people podcast which was a show i actually quite like doing it was like more research we'd find a topic at the beginning of the week learn as much as possible about it and by the end of the week we'd meet up do the show i put one of them up online and it had one or two lines taken out of it because of certain words being used which aren't acceptable these days yeah and the other shows are probably sure have the same sort of thing in there and it's like it's a different world we've grown and it's like you could put a disclaimer at the start of the show the episode saying yeah certain languages used and we apologize for it but yes yeah, best just leave it alone it's like you grow as a person you realize oh shit we shouldn't have said that but again evolution we learn Sometimes I just leave it be because, you know, some of the guests, uh, like when I first, the first time I let it go was I had an episode with the guys from Bad Council and they they are very out there anyway with the what they speak about, the the, the whole thing, you know, because they talk about people, people sending questions about, you know, I'm having a problem with, you know, various types of um, kink or things and they'll go into extreme detail of it and whatever and i'm thinking you know there is no way i'm going to be able to do an episode with them and keep it clean essentially yeah it, it would have been promoting who they are enough would it really if i'd done that yeah well the thing is um some people go out there and they be like as offensive as possible and they get listeners from being offensive as possible like you see the all the podcasts have popped up over the lockdown as loads of the uh, the drinking with their mates podcast which you kind of read the stuff they post and it's like yeah you're obviously trying to court controversy there so if you had them on the show it's like you just let them go for it because that's who they are but listening back to our stuff is like yeah that's not who we are so yeah just it's the rebelling the people that's it. that's what that is <laughs> Yeah, it, it's um, it's the uh, leaning into the controversy kind of stuff, you know, where someone gets like a hit 
uh, show because they said something controversial and everyone's like outraged posting and outraged downloading. They go, oh, I'm getting downloads if I say that. So they'll do more outrageous stuff in that area and then just start to believe what they're saying. And yeah, you shouldn't really give them the time of day. Like, let's say something controversial. Okay, cool. Just bin. Yep, just be who you are and don't say things just to irritate people. Just say things because it's who you are. Yeah. So what have I got now? Songs to score your life. I'm trying to work out how to do this. So, I mean, I think you've already mentioned one song, actually, anyway. You, well, you did. You mentioned one song that was, you know, your earliest memory. I mean, so... Yeah, I did, I did actually do the show life, with her. then that you remember, you know, certain music takes you back to. Well, I did an entire episode on that one. Actually, the first episode of the show, I got uh, Rob Jones, who, since a couple of our podcasts, does records and bands, um, good friend now, who he did the first episode of Death Is Not The End. Yeah. And the way he told the story on it and the, the reaction I got from that was kind of my catalyst to actually start moving towards doing that. So I got him in to do the show as as the host, and I did my life story with all the songs on it. Um, if you want these songs, hang on a sec, let's see if I can get it. If you did my show, I'd, I'd be I'd, <laughs> I'd be interested in hearing people's reactions to things like you know the the, the Anushka Shankar one that's on there and the <laughs> superb song by the by the zombies. <sighs> Have to keep them keep them quiet. I'll get you on the show. <laughs> You knew the whole thing. Okay, so I had Missing Cleveland, Scott Wayland. Yeah. Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yep. You see how my life went. Uh, Shake a Fist by Hot Chip. Okay, cool. Which is, like I say, it's one of those songs I, I didn't actually know what it was. I'd never actually heard it before. But it kind of summed up a certain point in my life. There's like a whole, I told the whole story about it. Yep. In a sentimental kind of mood, Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. Beautiful. Love that. I Am The Highway by Audio Slave. Yes. Yeah. Also, really good live versions that Chris used to do himself just with an acoustic. They were great versions that he used to do. Yeah. I mean, his solo stuff, I think, of the Audio Slave song are probably better than the actual Audio Slave stuff. To some degree, yeah. Yeah. And I think my final song was uh, Walking to Hawaii by Tom McRae. Wow. So, yeah. Um That'll be the episode one of the show. If you want to hear the entire story, you'd get very wet. <laughs> oh, it's a song about the end of the world and sitting in Hawaii and watching the nuclear bombs go off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's um, I say it's a, it's a regular occurrence in my themes. The end of the world. Every time I think of Hawaii and things like bombs, I always think of Lost, the series. <laughs> lost its way towards the end <laughs> on second season oh yeah yeah a strong first season but yeah didn't know where they're going with that no even some people behind the show actually admitted it and said <laughs> we, we didn't we didn't they didn't know where they were going yeah that's that's jj abrams oh really isn't it it's like star wars prequel uh later trilogy is like okay we're gonna do this and then this and then we had to fit it around what we was gonna do we didn't know what we was gonna do in the first this one when we were doing this one so why do a trilogy then you um 
you've you've hit a subject there with me that I've mentioned to a lot of people before. <laughs> you know, because they had an entire trilogy already written out by the guy who created it. They were offered it and they just it was basically like, oh, we own it. We know better than you. We'll throw that aside and they can make it up as they go along. But then yeah. when JJ comes back for the third one, it's all changed so much in the second that he's got to like repair it. And it made an absolute <clears throat> of a film in the third film because they were trying, they were backpedaling constantly to try and fix and fit it into JJ's original plan. They should have just given him the trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. I watched the films and it was like, yeah, the first one was just a, a redo for New Hope. Yep. Which I know people hate other people saying, but yeah, it was pretty much just that. And they did this and it was coincidence. This happened and this happened. And yeah. But yeah, they did have a plan for a trilogy when they first started. And it's like, yeah, I'm not the greatest writing world. If you've read any of my stuff, you'll, you'll see that clearly. But yeah, I know if you're going to write a trilogy, you need to have actually the plan in place before you do it. Like a three-act play. So what episodes of your show stand out to you? Oh, man, there's not many episodes to actually choose from, so I'd say all of them. There you go. They're all, they're all amazing. I think that, the one I recorded last that's, night that's is... That's the parents' answer, that is. <laughs> the episode I did last night is like... I like all my kids equally. Yeah. But the episode I did last night is kind of one of those. It's like the most honest discussion I've had, like with anybody, about a lot of things. And it, it's not. Oh man, no, I can't say that. The other ones are kind of really personal as well. I think the last night is just fresh in my mind. But yeah, every one of them is like got their own charms to it. And yeah, there's not many of them. If I had like a hundred to choose from, like from the last show, oh, I'd, I'd go with. Um, I mean, you can't download them anymore, so it's kind of pointing the same exactly. <laughs> but it was a, a show I did called Booncast, yeah. which is why I changed the entire subject of the show from being the end of the world podcast to a podcast about the TV show Boon. Cool. We were going to go over every, every episode of Boon. And, uh, yeah, I got samples from all my previous shows and got loads of guests, little clips from them and saying they were on the show and creating entire conversations between people from different conversations. And all the editing work that went into that was like immense, which I don't think anyone really <laughs> appreciated. <laughs> I think the editor's job is like a thankless stuff because no one, if it editors a job really well, no one notices it. Yeah, it's true. But it's I had true. people comment like, who are actually on the show, whose clips I use when I don't remember that conversation happening. Or they downloaded the show and went, hang on, I'm in this. When did I do this? Because <laughs> it was a conversation which, it was a conversation that happened not in the recording itself. It was like off kind of the show. I've done that before. Clipped bits from earlier in episodes and placed them somewhere. You, you know, you know, I, I have this trick with my episodes, which is similar to what you do there, where if I've got a group of people talking, because I've got different feed for each person most of the time. 
there's a lot of times like when I did the last year, I did a um, James Bond uh, special because it was 50 years. Was it 50 years? No. Yeah, it was 50 years, no, 60, 60 years since Dr. No. Last year was the 60th anniversary of Dr. No, the first Bond film. So I got a group of people together who do Bond and spy podcast. And I think there were 10 of us in total talking. And a problem that you have, the more guests that you have, they talk over each other. So I found that there's certain bits that people were saying, and you couldn't tell what they were saying because it was just a cacophony altogether. So I took hmm. bits out and in sections, I expanded the episode essentially because I liked what this person was saying over the to underneath that person there and this other person there. So you had three little bits or something that I thought were brilliant. So I added like an extra 30 seconds there in, in essence and expanded on that and made it sound like a coherent conversation. Hmm. And no, no, you did it. No. No. Not even the people who sort of listening are actually part of it because they wouldn't have noticed someone else saying something so funny at the same time. Yeah. yeah. That's why I always like the the editing part of the job or the editing part of stuff is always a thankless task. And if I say if you've done a really good job editing, no one will notice. So I give you an award to do like editors for anything, it's really awkward. It's like really really good job editing there. It's like Yeah, you didn't see the editing job I did in my podcast, mate. No. no. <laughs> I've edited people out of shows. <laughs> the only time people ever notice is when you accidentally leave, like, you know, when you've split up a sentence where somebody's like stuttering or something and you'll split it up and you'll do a bad, you'll do a bad cut or you won't do the fade in so that it sounds natural. People notice those mm. things. Editors do anyway, and they'll get back to you and go, uh, I noticed that you did a head, you did an edit there. Yeah, it goes back to when I was saying about I, I didn't like hear myself slur in certain parts of the show, um, and I did it actual just words, like one part of it to the other part, and I'd cut them in the middle, splice them together, and it would come out perfect. I like used to do it all the time with like everybody. Like there's bits of saying, and it's like they went off on tangents about something else. It's like, uh, yeah, we don't need that. Okay, clip that to that. Didn't notice. I'm, I yeah. mean, I've done it with like words as well. You know how sometimes people will start a word like so or okay, and they'll start quietly oh, with yeah. okay, and you just get the K or you get the O from the so. And uh, I did that the other day. My other half, Louise, was was listening in. And she says, oh, what do you do? What was that? She said, that was good. And what I'd done was somebody had actually said so, and you didn't get the S at the beginning. So I just slightly raised the volume of the S. So it was the same level as the O. So you got the full word as well. Hmm. But people don't notice these things. I'd, um, I do the thing where, <clears throat> sorry, you have to edit that one out. <laughs> Sugary drinks do not good for podcasting. But yeah, there's uh there is a term for it, but when you say something at the start of a sentence to get someone's attention, so, so and okay. I generally cut those bits out completely because they're not needed. But it just gets people's attention so and it brings people's attention back. Cut that bit out. So yeah. I said so. 
I keep, I keep thinking of getting rid of the word so when I do it because I use it all the time. Yeah, you notice that when you're going over and over again. But at the moment, my editing process is so minimal. I'll leave them in there because it's not really needed. And then, so you've done the edit, and then you, you, you go on to show music and the actual music you place in there as well. How hmm. do you, you know, the show music, where does that come from? And then do you play clips of the songs or do you play entire songs or how does that work? Or clips from the films as well? Oh, we play, I play the entire song in the background uh, on the podcast. If I, I claim fair use on it, but yeah. if it does get uh, hit with copyright infringement, and gets a cease and desist or just taken down. I'm like, yeah, okay. Nuke the feed before the show can go back up. I can edit around it somehow. But I think with people talking about the f- songs in general, I can claim it under fair use to a certain extent. I've not been hit with anything yet, but I'm, I'm well aware that it's skirting a fine line in terms of using it. And again, with the new project I'm doing, it will be covered anyway. So the shows that if I can't put them back up that way, they will be on this new thing completely in full. And with the music actually played in full as well. So it wouldn't be just be the person talking over it. It'll be that and the music. So you can listen to the whole music. Yep. Yeah, I know the copyright thing on podcasts is always a very gray area. People say yes. it's essentially you can't use music that's copyrighted at any point unless it's fair use which we kind of, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You know, as as a musician who's written songs, I don't mind because, you know, it's it's promotion. And also because you're talking over it, it's not like people can clip it and then they've got the song. You're talking Mm -hmm. over it. So they've not got the song, but they can hear it in the background. I mean, I don't see a problem with it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing as well. It's, it's at a level where it's you could hear it, but it's not like you can jab out to it. Absolutely. So, and then the, the logo, I'm guessing that is your own art then? Yeah, it's um, a bit different to what I usually do. I wanted something simple and a bit punky and uh, something that stands out, a bit more colourful. It is like a slightly depressing subject, deaf, but you look at the logo and it's quite happy. Terrible version, that, in my my, my interpretation of it. It's dreadful. I tried. <laughs> I tried. It's the infamous notes that I send to people. Yeah, with all the artwork I've done for the shows, it's always been, I've changed artwork every season, every show I've done something different with it. I don't think I've ever really had a podcast art, which I've been truly happy with. I think the, the Afghan show, the last logo I had with the, the rainbow on it, I really liked. I think that's the main, the, the only one I've really kind of been happy with because it had a rainbow on it and it annoyed lots of people who hate rainbows. reason. <laughs> Yeah, not a clue why. Right off it. No, I've got ideas, but we're not going to go there. 
So um, <laughs> what, what advice would you give to people starting their own podcast? Okay, I said it earlier. Um, have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, ideally, have a plan. If you go into the effort of recording a conversation, have it mean something. Uh, a topic to work around, watch a film, read a book, uh, play D&D with your mates. Whatever you love, though. Talk about the stuff you enjoy doing. Because there'll be people who tell you that what you enjoy and what you're doing sucks anyway. So the hate will be spread that way. Yep. Talk about stuff you love and give joy to yourself and hopefully give joy to others and they might, might discover it and in, have more happiness in their life it's by um hearing you talk about how much you love it um so yeah essentially have joy while you're making it uh, have fun making it uh, you don't need the best mic and um, editing skills editing software that stuff you will evolve it into learning and picking up eventually if you want to, because the whole process, if it's a joyless process while you're doing it, like, oh, I need to have this mic and I need to have this mixing board and I need to learn how to edit and buying loads of stuff and it's like a pain to buy the stuff. If it's a joyless experience, you're not going to want to make it. Yep. So, yeah, get the a cheap mic, use your laptop mic even, use your basic editing software. You can use an iPhone to record conversations with your mates and put them out into the world. And like I say, if you enjoy doing it, you'll eventually go, well, we could edit that better. I'll get some editing software and we get some better mics. We can sort of, you know, distinguish voices and build upon it. So you yeah, can have fun yeah. while doing it. You can get cheap, you can get cheap, um, you know, plug-in microphones, you know, that, you know, up. I've got one over there somewhere that I don't use now because I've got this here. And um, so, but, you know, you can buy yeah. like a microphone that plugs in for, for about £25 from, from you know, that, that place that begins with A and has a Z in the middle and an N at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, no I've got like a, was it a Rode? No, I'm just going to check my mic, a bit of noise, I think. Uh, was it a Rode NT now? I think I bought yep. it. Because I had a bit of money recently going to me, and I was like, well, okay, I'm going to buy this fancy mic. I'm going to try and do a bit of voice acting work, which you kind of need to have a good mic for. But before that, I was using a Zoom recorder, which is like a mobile voice recorder. Bought it when I started podcasting, like uh, I think nine years ago. Yep. I've had it for nine years. They no longer make it. It's not specifically made for being a microphone. But it's got a, a headphone jack and microphone jack, which can plug into your laptop. Used it for years. I only just recently updated it. I've got a friend who has, like you say, a £25, £30 mic from that place. She uses that to do a Twitch channel. She makes a ton of money for a Twitch channel, has a ton of sus subscribers. It works great. It's If you're going to do something like super, super professional and need to have like that... Uh, perfect sounds, uh, no background noise on it. You you can buy all the equipment if you want, but if you're just talking to your mate, anything will do. Absolutely. And I think yeah. Uh, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at numbers ever. <laughs> <laughs> don't bother buying downloads either. If you get so many listeners, you know they're people that are interested in you. If you get subscribers, doesn't matter. 
it's a bit like I mean, I was going to go, carry on with this earlier on, you know, when we were on about the the documentaries that we had on the Beeb, you know, on radio stations mm. and whatever now that are basically been, it's been altered now and they've become podcasts, essentially, that you listen to online. It's like I said, I mean, they work better online that way because it catches the niche that allows radio stations to now do what they do, which is every show sounds like every other show on their mm. stations, but it works that way where you get these shows about these artists, you know, like that last for a season, like six episodes about somebody. And, you know, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. That's okay. But yeah, as um, I say, don't, uh, the numbers don't really matter. It's the having the fun part of it. When it starts becoming like you get the numbers, it was more like a job. You put more into it. As long as you're having fun doing it, keep doing it. If it starts to feel like it's a hassle of doing it every week and you look at the numbers and there's like no one downloading it and you're like, okay, I need to do this and you buy more stuff and still no people are downloading it and you push it more online, you pay for adverts. And then it becomes a job that you don't like. Yeah. So just, just have fun with it. Don't, don't make it something that you could end up hating. Because mm. if you're paying all that money out to go and do that and, you know, you're not, then you're just going to really, it's going to send you on a downward slope going that way. Yeah. I think I've had this thing recently, I'm just calling everything an award-winning podcast because like, people, people are doing them. You're a winner if you're doing it. Yeah. Everybody deserves a, deserves an award for making it, I think. Um, mm. I haven't included this on there. I mean, I should have. I don't know why. But what shows do you like to listen to yourself? Ooh, okay. Um, regular start of the week listening is... Um, yeah, I'll mute my mic for a second so I cough. <laughs> Apologies, I've had a chest infection this week. I'm getting over it and I'm drinking a sugary drink. Um, I'm just going to nip into my podcasts app, see what I've got on there. Uh, okay, so be there with Belson. Yep. I call it my favourite fever dream because um, it is pretty much a fever dream. Uh, Dan and Gavin Belson. Gavin, quite down to earth. Dan, on his own planet. <laughs> yes, Buzz. That's the other cat. Um, see, 100, 100 things we learned from film. It's like reading the uh, trivia section of uh, IMDb, which I do quite a bit, yep. but much more entertaining. Uh, cult connections, uh, like cult cinema, cult TV shows, books, music, like links three of them together. So much stuff I never knew existed, or stuff I learned about stuff I I knew existed, but made it yeah, it just makes it interesting. Uh, Hallmark of Greatness. Yep. Where they watch either terrible movies made by Hallmark, which sound amazing, but I'm sure are terrible. <laughs> like, I said, oh, I should really watch that. I went, no, don't. don't. It's, it's awful. But they watch these films and it, say, bad films I enjoy. And yeah, people talking about bad films. Is more entertaining than people talking about good films to me. It is, yeah. 
Um, good films, you just get a lot of people saying, oh, I liked that film. I liked that film as well. I like that <laughs> film. Well, that's that show over with. <laughs> yeah. Um, the After Movie Diner. Yeah. It's uh, John Cross, who's been doing this for, I think he's doing it longer than me, I think. And he recently just done his, he started his second season. Because he, yeah, he's like, I've been ignoring about actually doing the show anymore. He's like so sporadic with releases, but he used to do it every week. We con- uh, kind of connected way back when I started. Um, you know the Pod and Family hashtag on Twitter? Yeah. That used to be an actual group of people who got together and started a like group chat with everyone. They started thinking up the hashtag. They made up the hashtag. It was like 20, 30 podcasts everyone would just retweet everybody and it got to the point where everyone was just using it and now it's just it's kind of meaningless but yeah it was like through that we got, uh, got together like 10 odd years ago and yeah he's gone through oh christ i don't know how many episodes he's done now but at the moment he's just got over releasing whatever so often when he feels like it i think his recent show's got a william sadler on it right quite a big name like interview he picks up uh People like that occasionally. Just chats to them. That's that show. I'd say he's having fun doing it. Um, what the uh, f do you want? Yep, it's always good. People come on and just say what they um, effing want. <laughs> Generally evolves into a big rant about stuff. Always good fun. Always and, good. And yeah, uh, modern escapism. Um, my guest last night I was talking to the show about a couple of weeks was uh, one of the posts of that show. Uh, the show is about pop culture and gaming and modern films, which I'm not into. But I like some of the stuff they talk about. Um, it, it sounds interesting. I like what they talk about. It makes it sound like I want to play these games and watch these films. But yeah, it's the community that revolves around the show, which is what brings me to it, because they have a Discord, which is just full of great people. It's all uplifting, all positive. And the host was talking about how the friends he's made are like the hosts of the shows. He's with like four people we host the show with who's like become friends to the point of like I think he's um I'm trying to explain this one, but yeah without ruining like, spoilers yeah they're lucky support group now they like they, they become family and it's just people that he's met online through the podcast community and like, the, the discord group itself is like a massive group of people who just uplift you and make you feel good about yourself it, it's really and stuff i'm not too interested in but they make it sound interesting and i, I love the guys on it yeah I think a lot of the shows I listen to, I, I'm really good friends with the people who host them. Yeah. And yeah, that, that sounds a bit like favoritism. I'm pushing these shows. That's fine. That's why I asked. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. They need pushing. That's it. I do, do listen to like a lot of the bigger shows, but yeah, it's they, they got their own followings. No more. That's it. So, so yeah. where, where can people find you and get hold of you then, Dean? That'll be totalcultzone.com. As I said, social media is always changing, so it's best to have like a landing page for everything. Um, social media, yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably on X, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm on threads. 
uh, yep. whatever that is. There's a link to my Patreon on there as well, which has got a daily blog, which is a lot of brain farts, but there's some art in there. Uh, quite a bit of photography last couple of weeks, which is another one of the things I randomly do occasionally. Yep. Some great artwork and photos on there. Things I'm putting on behind the paywall, but yeah, mostly it's like the daily blog is free. You can keep up with my adventures on my terrible, terrible job. Which thankfully come to the end yesterday. So it was it hopefully get more interesting and more artwork will be on there soon. So um anyway, thanks for speaking with me today, Dean. Uh thank you for having me. Sorry I'm a bit rambly, but yeah, that is my brain. Uh if you're not gonna read it, this is um yeah. Uh, that's my brain. <laughs> that's, that's why fine. I like editing stuff so much. If I if I start rambling about stuff, so okay, yay. <laughs> I can send you my edits if you want to have a look through it when I've when I've done. If you like. Anyway, you can find pods like us on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call the bloody thing, um, threads, <laughs> Instagram, and um, also through pods like us at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Thank you.